0: What's going on, guys? Ty from Breaker Culture. Hope you're doing well. Uh, So here we are, week three a Sunday night, wrapping up a lot of good action, a great week for NFL rookies, which means it's a great week for the hobby, uh, a great week for some of the products that we've been investing in and you're joining breaks for. Uh, Yeah, so Chanine and I spent about an hour and a half tonight breaking uh, down the results of everything that's happened. We're not just covering week three of NFL. We're also covering some of the stuff happening in Major League Baseball. We're a week away from the playoffs From October, and we talk about the rookies that will be in in, in action um, starting next week in the playoffs. We talk a little bit more about NBA uh, stuff, uh, specifically Rajon Rondo and and Shanee's big kick with him. Whatever. Uh, And we also cover off some topics around entertainment, some new movies, uh, Space Jam 2. You name it, we're covering it. It's what we do. Thanks for joining our episode, listening. Uh, Before you leave... Make sure you check out InkFrog, uh, Ink if you haven't used it, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It is the best solution I've ever used on eBay. Something I find to be invaluable for listing uh, any of my cards uh, on eBay or any of them across different marketplaces. It helps you scheduling, it saves you a bunch of money doing that because you don't have to pay the eBay fee. Um, you can schedule on InkFrog's dime, you can do it really strategically, which is nice. Um, you have great listing templates, create one that looks good for yourself or have ink frog do it for you to kind of match your style. It helps you manage communications. It helps you just run your business and do it professionally, which I think is hard to find, uh, especially so in, inexpensively. Uh, you can, you can check it out for 30 days for free break your forward slash ink frog, check it out, do yourself that service, uh, I think you'll come back and say, Ty, thanks so much, man. This is really helpful for our business. But other than that, enjoy the show. Shani, what's going on, man? How you doing? Who's this? (laughs) <laughs> huh? yeah uh, you remember me uh, I... the guy we the guy we used to do podcasts together with vaguely, vaguely. <laughs> oh man it's been 10 days i feel like it's been an eternity oh how, how you my, doing
1: my last 10 days has felt like 10 months quite honestly
0: oh my gosh what's been going on man give us give us the 30 second rundown if that's possible
1: right. it's it's somewhat possible so picking up a new product in my regular sales. job in real okay. life, I'm in pharmaceutical sales and, uh, you know, there's both requirements that the FDA puts on you as well as, you know, just the basic requirements that are make, you know, what, what, what the company makes you, necessary for you to, you know, get to the point where you can actually speak somewhat intelligently about this new product that you're going to be selling out in the real world. Right. Um, so that's, that's the bulk of it. Aside from that, the past two weeks, we have had two of the most important Jewish holidays. Rosh Hashanah was uh, two weeks ago. That's the Jewish New Year. And then that's followed by Yom Kippur. And that's the Day of Atonement, the day we ask to be written into the Book of Life for the next year and basically ask forgiveness for our sins. And, um that's a full twenty-five hour fast day as well, so that's not just food. That's no water, no nothing, and nothing is supposed to cross your lips. No brushing your teeth. So you go to synagogue, and everybody's breath is whooping.
0: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so you, you so you immediately criticize somebody, but it's okay. You're asking for forgiveness of sins on that day. Yeah. I mean, so. three seconds later, I'm asking for forgiveness. <laughs> so I can. Say that your breath is nasty.
1: Please don't breathe on me nice and forget about talking i'm not in the mood i haven't even been 12 hours so i'm not in any mood to talk
0: i'm pretty but, sure uh, i texted yeah, so. you on i texted you on yom Kippur, right and i was like you want a podcast today you did and your, your response was <laughs> there was some there was some uh hanger in your in the tone of your text and i was like i'm staying away from you right now a little bit <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit of hanger
1: um <laughs> You know, look, it's interesting. I I don't think – a lot of people probably don't consider Jewish people a minority on a certain level. Um, But the truth is, you know, in, in the United States, in corporate America especially, we live by a calendar that is really bent primarily towards the majority population in terms of being Christian. And, uh, you know, there are very many calendars where there are no other holidays printed on that calendar other than the American secular, non-religious holidays, as well as, you know, Christmas and Easter. And, uh, you know, it's not my first rodeo. It's not an uncommon experience for something to be uh, plotted on a calendar, be it a meeting or what have you, that might conflict. And there are times where, you know, it just Like water off my back, and it's not that big of a deal. And then I'm human. There are times where it does get a little bit frustrating, and it's more a a function of you know wanting to feel as if I'm respected and considered equally. Anytime you're thinking about putting something out there, so you know what I mean by that is you would never consider putting something out there that conflicts with Christmas or Easter or something like that, but. I don't necessarily always see that the Jewish calendar is considered um, equally, you know. So I definitely, definitely don't intend to take this to an extreme level. I'm not hypersensitive about it, only when I haven't eaten for 20 hours.
0: Well, you've eaten, right, in the last 20 hours? <laughs> yeah. Good. Dude, I, I, now here's the thing
1: I'm definitely a guy that has a few extra pounds that I need. I'm not going to be mistaken for having missed a few meals
0: <laughs> which is why we podcast and not videocast right <laughs> that's exactly it that's exactly it um
1: my my playing days out on the soccer pitch or basketball court are long past me and uh yeah thank God, I have a couple boys that are finally getting into sports at a really significant level and they get me even more active than I've been in uh, more years than I'm willing to admit. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so when I am uh, you know, holding myself accountable whether it's to eat healthier, which is a rare thing, or f- do the 24 5 hour fast that is required on the Kipper. That hanger it's pretty early. It was probably about hour five that I started to go downhill. Yeah,
0: it's tough. That's tough. I mean, at that like, point, you you're know, basically skipping breakfast. Meant- <laughs> <laughs> right. That's equivalent to skipping <laughs> breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here, here's um, my here's my rebuttal there's, there's to your thing. point. Here, here's my rebuttal to your point, though. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't think. Americans necessarily celebrate holidays in relation to it being a Christian holiday. They don't do anything that I think is is Christian per se on those holidays. It's an Americanized holiday where you buy gifts or you buy candy for somebody. Therefore, it's become a holiday we all take off and spend with our families. If they were actually doing what they should right. be doing during Christian. You know, and so... If we end up a- adding every possible calendar uh holiday for every religion uh we would never work oh so
1: no, it's true
0: I don't think it's a do you- I don't think it's a slap in the face to the to the Jews Jewish people that calendars are quote Americanized we're all Americans and they become American holidays that's the way I look at it
1: and and as a larger cent at a larger scale I completely agree with you um It tends to only frustrate me when it's at a more personal level, you know. Like, so if someone like you, who I've developed a really close relationship with, and we do this together, forgets that there's an important day in my life, then you know it's kind of like, Hey, Ty, how important am I to you? But you know, look, it's again something I bring up because it's just a factor in that the last ten days have been really all about my training and the Jewish holidays. So it's top of mind. It's what I I'm get it kind of really in the midst of. And you know, it's just an interesting thing to throw out there. I'm sure there's a one or two uh fellow tribesmen that listen to this and may completely disagree with me. Uh, and may have a completely different experience. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some folks out there that listen to this and say, you know, shut up and let's talk about sports cards,
0: which is, which is what I think we should do next. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
1: do it. Let's do it.
0: So here's the deal. Uh, yeah. And you know what? Let me just publicly apologize for texting you on Yom Kippur and asking a podcast, um, in all fairness, I did lay off of you for all your other Jewish holidays. And you I did. did not know, did not know Yom Kippur was taking place. Uh, so anyway, and it's all dude,
1: definitely wasn't something I took
0: deeply personally. Good. Because I don't want any of that anger coming out today in this podcast because we have too You're many good, good things dude. to talk about. You're too good. You're too good of a dude. I can't. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, okay. Week three. Think... What's League that? Three, that's the that that's number
0: one. Yeah. NFL week three has got to be the start of this conversation. Yeah, man. So here we are Sunday night. Uh, week three has happened. We just witnessed the Patriots dismantling by the Detroit Lions, wh- which I think we need to talk about the end of the Tom Brady era, era which I think is here. It's upon us. But, uh, man, a l- this was a great week for NFL rookies. It was a great week for the hobby because of that. I think it's going to influence a lot of the pricing for products. And I'm stoked. I I love seeing big weeks where a lot of the rookies do well. It creates a lot of buzz. Just throw a Twitter post out there. I summarize all the performances for rookies this week. Oh, nice. Shani, there was a ton of good performances. Where do you want to start? Let's
1: let's start from the top. I think the most sought-after rookies in terms of their cards are some obvious names like Saquon Barkley. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Saquon. I mean, the dude, I I mentioned this earlier this week, but the the guy, he's just going to, he's going to get so many touches where it's going to be nearly impossible for him to not get a hundred plus yards and to not get a touchdown. And he put up, I think he had a combined 120 yards, 115 yards and a touchdown. Um, and, and a pretty sweet touchdown too—an elusive kind of juke, a dude out of his underwear type move to to score. Uh, and the Giants won, nice. so it's, it's it's a great combination. Uh, the let's go down from the, the top four that I think of the week in terms of rookie performances. Number one has got to be Josh Allen. Fifteen of 22, 196 yards passing, touchdown, two rushing touchdowns, and the Buffalo Bills go into Minneapolis and absolutely handle the Vikings. I think that's the biggest part of it. If he had done this against,
1: I don't know, the Dolphins or – I mean you could list off a number of different teams that if he had done it against, it wouldn't have been – the stat line would still have been a big deal. The stat line would still have affected his cards ultimately and his value in the hobby. But the fact that he did it against Minnesota in Minnesota is
0: nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. 27 to 20, 6. Buffalo wins. It's that's that to me Buffalo is
1: Buffalo is a team that no one's mathematically written off, obviously. But I think Buffalo is one of those teams that most people would have gone ahead and written off before the season started. So if you get beat at home this handily by that team led by a rookie quarterback what does that say about Minnesota, by the way? I know this is a conversation about rookies and performance and hobby love, but quick second, what does this say about the Vikings?
0: Yeah, I I know. I, I don't think yeah. anyone would argue that the Vikings looked outstanding the first two weeks, uh, but – Yeah. Kirk so, Cousins, maybe that's his – he has a slip-up every yeah. three or four weeks, I feel like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's pretty inconsistent. Yeah. So what I'm wondering, let let me ask you this way. Do you get involved in any form? So betting is legal now, right? And we've kind of hinted to the fact that there's a a much larger conversation to have on this podcast about sports betting, especially now that it's legal. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting topic, even if it were not legal. Um, one of those things that on a more cursory level that people that don't even know much about betting in terms of lines and over-unders and parlays and teasers, the very, one of the simplest ways to get involved is one of those um, survivor pools. Mm-hmm. You, know talk- you know what I'm talking oh, about yeah. in terms of oh, – yeah. 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 So just for, for the sake that somebody might be listening and is not aware, a survivor pool is basically where – You get involved with a bunch of people. I mean, I know I've been in survivor pools with several hundred people. And you pick a team each week. You cannot repeat a team once you've used them. And that team that you pick each week has to win. And assuming they win, you move on. And this is one of those survivor pool pitfalls right here. I bet there are survivor pools out there that lost big, big chunks of people Because they chose the Vikings over Buffalo at home.
0: 100%. Yeah. I I think – yeah, there's been a couple of those games already this season. Whether it was the Saints and the Bucks in week one. Right. Right. Um, Or the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns week one where the the tie was essentially a loss. Um,
1: Is that true in a survivor pool, a tie is a loss? Well, I mean, yeah. Usually you have to consider it something.
0: You got you got to pick a winner, right? You have to pick a team that wins. Uh, usually in those pools, uh, yeah, man, I I I'm with you. Uh, the 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 betting thing though, I, I'm we could get down a major detour here if we want to talk it's, about this, let's but put I down this this <laughs> moment.
1: I think there's a couple of other rookies that have to be mentioned real quick. We talked about Josh Allen and Saquon Barkley. Yep. Before we started podcasting, you mentioned it to me because I missed the game. And I was really excited about one particular rookie because I happen to have him on my fantasy team, and that's Calvin Ridley. Oh my goodness! Exploded seven seven for one forty
0: six. Yeah. Yep, three touchdowns. And the thing with with that is that he had he had a bomb there. I think it was first or second quarter, was sixty yards, and then he just made plays on his second and third touchdowns. And it was a, overall, oh, it was a really? super exciting game. Overtime, Saints won, you know, it was like 42 to 35 or something crazy like that. Uh, but, man, I tell you, that's huge. There, the, the attention that Julio Jones gets is going to create a massive opening for Calvin Ridley. And I, we mentioned this really yeah. from the beginning of the season, you and I. He was on our top 10 list. He was the guy to watch. I mentioned him last week in the podcast. This is a guy you need to start investing in, and it's paying I, off
1: between between Wrigley and Mahomes, you're gonna kill me in our fantasy hobby draft <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I have no chance yeah, very true so um, for for those that don't know, we haven't posted that podcast. we did a fantasy be hobby be- draft, right where we we each picked five players we thought would do would be the best performing hobby investment for our f- uh football teams. And you picked five and I picked five. We'll have to recap that soon. But, yeah, I, I'm a, Mahomes alone is going to carry me to that victory.
1: Oh, yeah. And so the last one that I think we need to touch on, I'm going to rely on you to tell our audience a little bit, when, and me quite frankly, a bit more of the detail on this because I missed this game entirely. What did Baker Mayfield do?
0: Well, he put an entire city on his back and he carried them across the finish line. I think is the best way to sum that up. Now I I am not going to wow. let you and your sourness toward Cleveland <laughs> ruin what good came of Baker Mayfield. What Baker Mayfield did on Thursday night I think was exceptional. Like it, watching the game, it's it's one thing to look at a stat line. The stat line was 17 out of 23, 201 yards, no touchdowns. But what he did is he brought this, the intangibles of leadership and emotion to that team. It's like the second he walked on that field after Tyrod Taylor got hurt, it's like the city just transformed into this like city of hope. (laughs) And I get it. They haven't won in like two years. It's, It's a bold statement. I understand. The dude was impressive. He just his his style of leadership and like his ability to like go out there and command attention and, and actually perform was really, really impressive. And I, I think that alone is gonna make him so fun to watch in the hobby. Uh I got nothing more to yeah, say. A couple of questions. A couple of questions. One is,
1: did you happen to take a look at his any hobby developments? that he did his cards start to Going fire a little
0: bit? Uh, obviously. I mean, obviously you're starting to see – and I, again, I don't have historical – I won't have historical data until Tuesday. So I won't be able to tell you too much. But uh, yeah, oh, no doubt. I mean, I, and just quick like buy it now prices on eBay, for instance. Uh, yeah, heck yeah. I mean, they, they were already high. He's already a top five guy. He's number one draft pick for quite a while. I mean, but – Right, right. right. He, yeah, he, he, but there was – there's that uncertainty of right. Tyrod Taylor is he going to start all year? What's going on? Heck yeah, exactly. you saw a big time. How bad uh, is Taylor's injury? Is he out for the foreseeable future? Did Baker win the job essentially? I don't even think. I don't even know what happened to Taylor. I haven't heard a thing. Huh. No one even cares. Tyrod <laughs> Taylor, it, he's forgotten. Like no one cares about Ta- Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> Super I hate to say that, man. that
1: Mayfield is starting.
0: Dude, there there is no way he cannot start. There's just no way. He rejuvenated that franchise in one half of football. I guess that's what's most wow. impressive about a stat line is that 17 of 23, 201 yards is in one half. So that's a pretty good stat line for a half.
1: I mean, I respect everything you're saying. You watched it. It's exciting. To say that he rejuvenated the franchise, though, is something that obviously is going to have to happen over the course of time. It's not one half of football, if they go out and lose a whole bunch of games for the rest of the season, it's not really going to amount to a, a serious rejuvenation. But it sounds like it's a very, very promising start. I I had another question for you relative to this. I know that you used to live in Cleveland. I don't know if you still have any contacts or friends over there, but did did you, do you, and did you talk to anybody and kind of get a sense of what the buzz is on the street in Cleveland?
0: Uh, I did. I talked to some people over there and I mean, it's, that's a massive deal, right? I mean, they, the city need, those are great fans for football, like football. They're exceptional fans. Um, it it was like a, it was like a spring that had that the coil had tightened, and they were just waiting for it to you know to to pounce. And <laughs>
1: you they, are so uh, poetic about this. It's I, so, <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm not even saying anything disparaging about Cleveland or Jacob Mayfield. I'm not going to because I feel like <laughs> you are so deeply committed. I can't rain on your parade. I, I, look,
0: you I have no look. Like, I have no allegiances. I have no allegiances to the even Browns. You haven't said
1: anything. This dramatic about Mahomes or well
0: i don't Royals. need to i don't need to say anything about mahomes and he's broken every record he set he set multiple That's records true. today in nfl history here here's the thing what's okay first off mayfield was was announced starter uh so he will be a starter for for week 4 oh really? they're they're 1-1 one, one, and 1 my prediction for the cleveland browns is that they win 7 games that's going to be more than the Steelers is what I'm projecting.
1: <laughs> it's, get, it's, getting, down on
0: it's getting hot in downs. here. If you come at me with that, all bets oh, are off, dude. All right. T- tell me why that's not happening.
1: Uh, the truth is I can't argue with it. All right, um, well, well, Tomorrow I we can maybe have a different – I am not in a position – Oh, and it's not about not being able to argue with it from the perspective that I haven't been paying attention, I may have been paying a little less attention this particular week because of training and just being busy. But overall, I've seen the Steelers play, and I've seen, obviously, the Browns play against the Steelers. Uh, I'm not very hopeful for my beloved black and gold this year. Um, There are a few reasons why, and this is not a podcast about the Steelers, but it's hard for me... To argue, you know, the Steelers have to do something pretty dramatic tomorrow night, Monday night against the Buccaneers to write this ship to make me believe. And it's not just obviously about making me believe, but, you know, to give me any real basis for being able to argue with what you just said.
0: Okay, over under. What's uh? What's the over under on the over,
1: under on, on the Steelers on the Steelers on wins the on, on
0: the season? Well, we can talk about both. But the, I mean, the game, they're what they're a one point dog, I think.
1: And uh, the game is in Tampa, so that's actually kind of more like a pick em, right?
0: Yeah, because right, what Tampa should be getting three. So yeah, it's essentially a pick exactly. Em. Um, the over under on the game. Uh, Oh jeez, I feel what, like it's going to be a shootout. What, what do you? Th- no, 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 no. I'm I'm talking about the season. How many win? How many wins would you feel comfortable projecting the Steelers at right now? I don't know that I can go far beyond seven that you just gave Cleveland. Okay.
1: Um, I, I I don't have the ca- the calendar. I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I have looked pretty closely at it, and where I was pretty comfortable giving them eleven wins when I was looking at it before the season started, clearly one of those wins is already out the window. (laughs) And I would argue we both, uh, you know, losing in week two. Um, ah, It's hard for me to go beyond seven right now. And I'm not even sure they get there if they don't write the ship. Now, all that said, this team has faced pretty significant adversity in the past and have been able to turn things around I don't know why Tomlin-coached teams tend to start slow, tend to have a hiccup early, and seem to bounce back. I don't think that they've had this level of adversity in the past. And when I talk about adversity as it pertains to this particular season, I'm talking about Le'Veon not showing up, Antonio Brown seeming to not want to be in Pittsburgh, And the biggest factor, in my opinion, is Big Ben is a shadow of himself. You talk about Tom Brady and the end of an era in New England, um, and that's obviously a much bigger deal, uh, you know, in in the world of football. But as far as Pittsburgh football is concerned, uh, it really looks like it could be the end of an era here as well with Ben. Wow. It's – I – I find it a very sad thing. He's been such an exciting, and I I believe one of the most underrated quarterbacks of all time. But (laughs) this last season, this first couple of games of this season, when I say last season, I'm talking about last year, the first few games of this season. And I even think you can go further back into 2017 and, uh, yeah, 100. I'm talking about 16, 17, 17, 18, and now this season, 18, 19. Uh, it's been it's been a few years since we've really seen the, the true big Ben extending plays, moving outside of the pocket, having accuracy on the long ball, the way he has made a name for himself in this league and put the Steelers on his back in many ways. It's it's not the same Ben. It's
0: just I don't know what it is. Well the good thing about that is that you may actually get I don't want to say you wish this cuz you didn't but you may actually get a chance to see Mason Rudolph play before you before you'd like huh. to
1: believe me as much as I think that we might have a diamond in the rough and a lot of folks out there pundits and talking heads in this game that know a lot more than I do you don't I want understand. to say that I mean I don't not yet you know yeah. I, I i hope that he it, it, all those things are true about him and that it's truly a steal in this draft that the steelers were able to procure but i don't you know i'd rather see ben become the ben that he once was and start moving around and outside the pocket and extending plays and yeah. shrugging off tackles and making those you know moving to the right thrown across the body to the left type of throws that a B picks up on, you know, a scramble and is able to turn around and run for an extra twenty five yards after the catch. And
0: all right, we're um, done with this. <laughs> <laughs> you you put me there. <laughs> I did. I totally did. Okay, here's here's a little uh, question for you. Totally yeah. The upside
1: of Ben and and, and Tony totally. Brown coming back together and connecting the way they that we
0: know they can. The most fun connection to watch, undoubtedly. I I would agree with that. I love watching Antonio. The good Antonio Brown play. Uh, How many years has it been since the New England Patriots lost back-to-back games by double digits? Because they just did after the Lions game. How
1: many years has it been since the New England Patriots lost back-to-back games? I mean, I definitely would say it's the Drew Bledsoe years. So that would be – we're in 2018. It's definitely – I, I'm going to say it's been 20 years. 16 years. I'm surprised that it happened during Brady's tenure. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, Crazy,
0: that, huh?
1: And that was what in his second or third season, then?
0: Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, fourth season. Because it's his 20th, right? 20th season. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just incredible. That's, that's really now? cool. Uh, Okay, so here's another question for you since we were talking about this Bills game. The Bills pulled off in terms of sports betting, in terms of spread. They were a 17-point dog. It's the largest NFL upset in how many years? Wow.
1: 17 points. Wow, that's a huge spread. Vegas tends not to make that kind of mistake. (laughs) They lost I bet you Vegas lost a lot of money today on that.
0: Game. Nah. how many people do you think actually put a bunch of money on the Bills. But I bet <laughs> you <laughs> to, to, was, win lot lot to, win to win straight up because to win straight up I'm yeah. saying to win straight up. No, no they, but they don't have
1: to put it on them to win straight up. All they have to do is put it on the Bills to not lose by 17.
0: Yeah, but that's just a normal bet. The spread bet's normal. It's they expect it to be. Yeah, yeah, they still they But still the pay win that bet. <laughs> the pay the pay I'm saying the payout on you bet, you bet them to win the money line when it, they're a 17-point dog. It's like, what, 6X at that point? Oh, God, maybe more. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm going to say that's an even, that's probably, wow. That, that's 17,
0: probably 17 longer. I'm going to say 30 years. Uh, 23. 23 years. And let's see here. It was an 18X return your money.
1: Wow! Would you know like,
0: what was the last team in that? what
1: Was the team twenty three years ago that had a an upset win with a larger spread?
0: Um, it looks like it or was 17. the it was the uh, Redskins. They knocked off the Cowboys. They were a seventeen and a half point dog on December third, nineteen ninety five, and they won twenty four seventeen. Aikman, Irv, yep.
1: Was that the Aikman, Irvin, Emmitt Smith year?
0: Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Crazy. Last last stat for you here, man. What, I don't know what's going on with me and the stats today, but Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> thirteen TDs, zero interceptions in his first three games. I thought cool. the
1: stat was going to be, is his forehead eight inches or nine inches <laughs> from the base of his eyebrows to his hairline? <laughs>
0: yeah. You would know. You saw a lot of his forehead after all the. Uh, the end zone shots against the Steelers
1: <laughs> <Okay>. good, <laughs> good stretch attempt at a <laughs> yeah, it was. that was a big stretch not like third the guys weren't a little bit nervous in that game it's not like we didn't put up a good number of points on your D
0: we, yeah because we score so fast our D was tired okay <laughs> yeah, yeah you can't argue with that okay here's the deal man five products coming out in October as an NFL fan, as a collector, and you're you're much more seasoned when it comes to NFL cards. You got Illusions on October 3rd, you got Impeccable on the 10th, you got Phoenix on the 17th, Prism on the 24th, and obviously we all the attention goes there. Which of those in October do you say you need to double down your investment, start finding ways to get into those products? How do you how do you rank those? Illusions, Impeccable, Phoenix, Prism?
1: Reasons, impeccable. That's four products. What's the fifth?
0: Well, the fifth, I, I was actually wrong. I, I, Immaculate comes out uh, November seventh,
1: so not quite in October.
0: So let's leave Immaculate off the list,
1: and it's yep. also a considerably more expensive. I mean, Impeccable is expensive. Out of those four products, you have three that are kind of in that moderate range, and then Impeccable is a bit higher end. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless of price, I would definitely rank Prism first. There's no question about it. In my mind, okay. Um, I know the last time we talked about prison football, the one thing that we both said was, "Man, I would love to see a day when the silver rookies matter," mm-hmm. and I, I, I'd still say that. But I think the prison, prison rookie autographs in football still rank up there. As a, as a pretty, you know, top five, I would say. You know, it's not yeah. a contender's, but it's it's up there. Um, Illusions and Phoenix, in my opinion, are decent uh, as far as a couple of subsets here or there. Um, but our afterthoughts, I mean, those are those are the kind of products that, you know, they might stick around for another year or two, but they're going to go away and be replaced by some other attempt at, doing something new by Panini and prison will still be there year after year without exception. Um, And you might even be able to say that about impeccable as well. I mean, I think impeccable, I I don't want to speak for everyone, but I I personally think impeccable is second on that list and they have some, what I consider to be pretty, really solid design and great subject matter. I think if I'm if I'm right here, illusions in Phoenix tend to be almost entirely sticker autos. M- maybe the higher, you know, the the, the more SP mm-hmm. stuff, you might find a couple of on cards here or there, but very few. I don't think there's um, any. Yeah, it's all stickers, huh? Yeah, uh, illusions for sure. Not yeah. to say that Prism isn't. Prism is also a sticker, but that's Correct. a different product. I mean, it's a tried and true staple, if you will. Impeccable's where you're gonna find a little bit there's still stickers in impe- impeccable as well, but you're gonna find some more on card stuff. Impeccable's where you know you're you're getting a lot more of the thick stock, really nice uh memorabilia. <clears throat> some really great uh vet and legend stuff. Um I know the first year impeccable came out was either three or four years ago, mm-hmm. and one of my still one of my favorite cards in my uh, in my PC is a really nice Joe Green. Uh, it's a, a kind of like a darker card with a um. I think it's a gold. It's I, I may be forgetting, but yeah, it's, it's. I just got a really nice Joe Green auto out of Impeccable one here. Okay. I think it was the first year, but um, a lot of a lot of great bets out of there, but yeah, there's no question. Prism is number one, and it's a significant margin until number two
0: so, so yeah okay i I think I kind of agree with you uh only because prism carries the name, and I think that that alone makes it i don't know has more staying value um, but without the silvers being worth much i I look at the prices right now. You can get a so uh, a prism hobby box right now is going to cost you about 190. Um I'd say it's probably going to be closer to 200 by the end of the week. 200 bucks is going to get you three stickered autographs in a box. 200. You go to you go to impeccable and it's mostly on card autos and you get the nice RPA's, you get the nice helmet autos. And it's four ninety a box with five autos. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. It's really close to me. Like it's really close to me between Impeccable and Prism as being the two products you follow and invest in the most. Throw Illusions out. Throw Phoenix out. I totally agree. Those things are trash. They're going to be thrown into the Chronicles f- football product next year whenever that comes out. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I think there are certain subsets within illusions and phoenix that can be exciting but I, I, overall as a product it doesn't really hold too much staying power away from me yeah um, but I, I you make a strong argument and i definitely like impeccable a lot and i have since it came out um again it's, it's more of a price point issue for someone that's you know paying closer attention to their budget, prisons considerably more affordable. Um <clears throat> it's all yeah, okay. I mean if you're talking about sure. buying by the box or case, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, if you're talking about buying into a break, the I, I mean I can't make any quotes on prices, but you know, for any given team out there, whether it's a higher-end or lower-end team, um, it's still going to be consistent across all of them. The barrier to entry for Prism is going to be far lower than it is for Impeccable in any one pick-your-team style break. Right. You um, know, And random for that matter, too. I mean, it doesn't, you know... Plus, even though the Silvers aren't really valuable on a secondary market for you know the sake of an investment there are still people out there that call themselves collectors and prism offers the opportunity to get not just a base rookie or a silver prism but all the other color as well and people love putting those rainbows together um outside of just getting an autograph
0: right that's fair that's a fair point yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of intrinsic value in those products right yeah I, i would agree with that um and okay.
1: those those are the things that I love about Prism personally. Yeah. Um I always I I, n- I never commit myself in a really significant way. But when Prism comes out I always make a little bit of an attempt with the Steelers rookies to go after a rainbow. Yeah. The only one I've actually come close with was James Conner for last year because he was a pit alum and a local kid and I really really wanted to you know try my best i obviously didn't get the black 101 but i got every other color nice yeah nice. that's a that's a rainbow i'm really proud of yeah
0: that's pretty cool that's a, that's a fun set okay well, that's that's helpful yeah i, I think i'm gonna start uh, do you have uh, the date on prism in front of you uh in terms of uh yeah well, what are you looking for the release date on prism um, the release date on Prism is October 24th, which is an interesting day, and it's. I don't think there's anything that's going to get in the way of these two coming out the same day, but you got NBA Hoops coming out on the 24th as well. That's a big day in the hobby. NBA Hoops is oh, a wow, super important NBA product. So wow. that'll be a fun that is, day. That is a,
1: that's going to be an expensive week. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it is for me. Yeah, for both, for <laughs> both of
0: us. I for assume you're buying cases of both. Uh, yeah, we'll have cases of both in for sure. Uh, I'm trying something different this year, man, and I, I don't even know if I want to talk about it too much on the air. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna air on the side of retail for a couple of these releases. Are there? Because uh, of you, some things I'm be- hearing. Oh, yeah. now you
1: have to share. You have to share a little bit of whatever that is.
0: Uh well I <laughs> we might have to jump into this in a I different podcast. Like this is
1: one of these like interesting, juicy hobby secrets that you don't want the world to know about and you want to be able to get to Target and grab certain things first.
0: No, totally, totally not that. I mean <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the point of breaker culture is to uh unveil secrets in the hobby <laughs> that allow people to have advantages. Come on now. <laughs> uh no. So, so looking at the data, talking to people that I know that invest heavily in hobby and in retail, um, for a couple of the key releases, specifically Prism basketball and uh, Prism football, retail is actually a much better bang for your buck. Uh, I mean – Much better. realizing that now? No, no, no. Definitely not. But there's
1: just – I mean cause this is something that I think has been – Somewhat apparent for a couple of years already.
0: Yeah, well, and I think I think Panini's Panini's my- kind of removing some of the advantages of hobby and some of their products. There's not that some of the exclusives are starting to kind of blend over you're into the your a
1: new. You're saying this is a, this is going to be a new thing for this particular year that I, I think of you're going to see some more things. things
0: content. Oh, yep, yep. you're going to see some more not just a blending of the two like exclusive being exclusive being removed but also some more retail exclusives in certain products. Watch products like a product I'm really interested to see um is like Donruss Optic football. I think it be somewhat of an interesting product on the retail side. Keep an eye on that. Um I mean is is there a particular reason that you say that? We'll dig into that in another episode cuz that's that's a few months away. We'll have to break okay. that down, uh, and I'll get you the stats you can look at, and we can we can break it down for the okay. audience. But yeah, definitely one you should. We should be. We should I'll, be. I'll just put it out there. I really like
1: all optic products. If I had to rank them, basketballs first, football second. Um, I would even go so far as to say that I like optic a little bit more than I like prism personally. I'm certain. Agree. Style with you. and look. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm starting no, to agree with you. I don't think – think content-wise, especially for basketball, Prism is still better as far as resale. I'm speaking far more just from a very personal perspective on what I like looking at between the two. I, I, I like Optic a lot.
0: Yeah, I me mean, I, and I think the hobby likes it a lot. I mean you saw that with like Contenders Optic last year when it rolled out. And that and everyone just went nuts for it. I I, I think that
1: was such a great idea.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me too. Let's take a break, man. You Sounds cool with that? that? All right. Yep. All right. So I know we're talking a lot about NFL week three. And we're talking a lot about products, but let me tell you why you should be using breakerculture.com. If you're not using it here, here are three things you could be doing on our site right now that might add to your collecting and investing experience when it comes to the hobby. Number one, we take our products, all the products that are coming out that have come out in the last year or that are coming out in the future. And we throw a product page on breakerculture.com, go to the search bar, type in a product. It'll take you to the landing page, that landing page We'll have real-time pricing across all the major retailers, uh, across eBay and across Amazon, so that you know what you should be paying for hobby boxes or hobby cases. If you buy wax or if you're just looking for a good gauge on what the product's doing in price, go check out our product page. And if you want to go buy it from one of those retailers, you click the link and it takes you right there. I don't get compensated for that unless you buy on eBay. I do get a kickback on that, but uh, I don't get compensated on that. I just want to give you a good gauge into what pricing should be. Um, The second thing you can use this for is our pricing ladders. We put a lot of time, a lot of effort in our pricing ladders. You go to BreakerCulture.com. the very top bar, you'll see pricing ladders. And for all the major sports, NFL, baseball, basketball, uh, we put pricing ladders together for rookies and for um, usually prospects in baseball. The point of that is to give you a good gauge, usually every month, on what pricing should be for those, those rookies or prospects. So you know over the course of the last few weeks uh, over the last few months, over the last few years, what are prices doing in, the, in those particular players? What should you be pr- playing, uh, paying for those those cards? What should you be expecting to play for some of the top uh, performing rookies? So You get a good idea of, of really what to expect in the marketplace. The third thing um, that we would love for you to start investing more time in is, is our forums. Go to BreakerCulture.com. On the very top bar again, you'll see the forums button. Go to forums. I've put a lot of time into investing in good technology for forums. Um, and we're going to be doing a lot more things within our forums just to, to kind of support the hobby and give you guys an opportunity, um, to just have a better community. Uh, so check it out. Uh, we'll do some more contests over the next couple of weeks there in the, uh, in the forums. Uh, we'd love to just have you sign up and we'll do our best to make sure it's a good experience for you. Other than that, tons of other great content that we put on our We appreciate you supporting us. Go check out the site. And as always, we love your feedback back to the show all right we're back so i think we we could talk about football all night um but we should probably shift gears and talk a little bit about baseball so here we are a week away from the playoffs and if i was to rank professional sports playoffs I would go baseball, basketball, then football. That's how it rings. So like for me as we enter October, like this is the best time in sports, professional sports. I don't know how you feel about that, but I actually I'm stoked. feel a
1: little bit differently. I, I I because of the Penguins, I am a bigger hockey fan than you are and that True. time of year when we have March Madness, hockey and NBA all going on
0: is my favorite. Okay. I wasn't counting March Madness, but that would be my favorite sporting event for sure. So I guess I kind of kind of agree with you for sure. Uh, but anyway, so here we are a week away from Major League Baseball playoffs. And I think this year is going to be really fun, again, within the hobby, because we have multiple rookies that will be performing. And not just in the wildcard game. Like number two seeds, number one seeds will have rookies – that we're going to want to watch, and it's going to seriously affect some prices for rookies and autos and different cards that people have, and I love that. So
1: let's break this down a little bit. If we look at the AL first, we've got the Red Sox, Indians, and Astros leading their respective divisions. Mm -hmm. The Yankees are officially in, correct?
0: correct they're officially am but they're officially in as a wild card right now playing the Oakland A's and I think that's going to so be the case
1: do the, the, the twins no it wouldn't be the who else has as, a chance to upset that cart that apple cart
0: um, in terms of the oh, uh, right. uh, no I, no uh, Tampa Bay I think is statistically still in it but they can't lose again Yeah, they they basically have to win out, and Oakland has to lose out in the next week. So, in other words, yeah, the Oakland A's are more than likely the team that the Yankees will play one game playoff to get into to get into that game against the Red Sox, which will be interesting. It'll be Yankees Red Sox. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, rookies.
1: So if you look at the AL first the rookies to get excited about that could see a serious bump because of the playoff factor. Some obvious names, the Yankees have Andahar and Gleiber. Yep. I mean, is is Clint Foote – Frazier's back down in the minors, huh?
0: Yeah, he's not even He's not even a factor. I don't know if they'll call him up. I, I don't know. I think I heard D.D. Gregorius might be out.
1: So yeah, that might create an happened?
0: opportunity. Ah, pretty sure he got hurt. Um, I'm not sure of the details, but but I heard his postseason was in doubt. He had a oh, he had some cartilage issues in his wrist. it Looks like so that that'll be interesting. And he did that sliding into home. So I don't. That's bad for the Yankees. Very bad. But I would assume they bring Fraser up anyway for October. Um, as maybe that guy off the bench. But regardless, I don't think people are. Boltr excited his prices and cards has not been has not been good. Yeah, but that period.
1: that guy comes up and has a a a pinch hit home run and it's There you go.
0: Game over. Very true. Yeah, but I mean th- those are the two big guys. You, I mean, f- from a hobby perspective, you'd love to see the Yankees win and get into that, you know, that Sox. series against the Red Sox. Red Sox are carrying uh, Rafael Devers, who right. his been pretty good i mean his prices are decent um so you got that There's and definitely then, uh, room
1: for him to grow and yeah if he performs in the postseason you'll see a, a serious uptick there
0: right um but the astros and indians don't have That's, much
1: no with the astros it's some second year guys i think you can see bregman's hobby love increase even more um Right. There's a guy that I still have a bunch of because he was a pirate until this season, and Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a pitcher. We know pitchers tend not to be nearly as attractive as hitters. Right. Um, so the obvious Springer and Correa. Definitely some guys that, you know, it's not always about the rookies, but yeah, obviously that leads the discussion.
0: So that's the AL. What about the NL? So the NL's got a few more great. So I mean, obviously you got a Kuna, right? They're number two seed. Um, they'll be playing the Dodgers as of right now. I think that's that's not going to change. And Dodgers got Walker Buehler, who has been an absolute stud. Um, so that'd be fun to watch. I mean, he, he's arguably the ace right now. Um, so that I that, mean that's awesome. And of course you got a Kuna, who's just going to draw all the attention. So there, there's a couple big name rookies there, and you got Albie's for the for the Braves. Who, who knows what he what he does? Maybe squeezes out a couple good games, and there you go. Um, Cubs, David Bode down maybe he's c- completely cooled off the last three weeks, four weeks, but he had a stretch there which really did well for his prices. Um, Cardinals playing the Brewers for the playing game. Um Cardinals got Bader. Bader's been decent in the hobby. Uh and uh, they also have uh uh Tyler O'Neill, right? O'Neal's been pretty hot, so
1: I, I is think,
0: Jordan Hicks on their roster? Oh there and, and there you go. No, no, you got Hicks too. Hicks has been not, and he, who else they got? Um Oh goodness, what's their pitcher? Uh uh Milas my oh, goodness! yeah, Milos! Oh yeah, uh, Milos! Milos! Yeah, dude, he's got like a sub two five ERA. <laughs> so yeah, you, I think you want to see you want to see the Cardinals get in if you want for the sake of the hobby because you got too many rookies on that team that could just have. Not to
1: mention, you. they just have such an amazing fan base that that that, that buys. right. You know, between the Yankees are obvious. The Braves, Atlanta's historically a team that doesn't support their local team as well as you think they should, except for the Braves. They do a good job at at supporting the Braves. It's really more so they're a little weak in standing behind the Hawks and Falcons. Yeah. Um, But the Braves, yeah, their fan base is solid. But, yeah, as far as if you're comparing – Across the league, Yankees, Dodgers, Cardinals, Cubs. And there's uh, at least one or two, if not more, good rookies across all those teams.
0: Mm -hmm. It's definitely exciting. It's very exciting. Now, the, the, the little nuance here for the wild card on the National League side is Colorado's a game and a half back. Going into the final week. So they could they could snatch up okay. St. Louis's spot. T- technically, they could snatch up the Brewers' spot as well. So Brewers are two games ahead, ahead of the Cardinals. Cardinals are – so they're effectively three and a half games ahead of Colorado. And Colorado is a game and a half behind the Cardinals. Really, really exciting. I'm, ex- I'm thrilled to see kind of what happens with those. I don't think any of them play each other either, which is going to – which would have been really fun. But – Interesting. Who can play spoiler? Who do those teams
1: play is the question. Yeah. Um the I think the Pirates are in position to play spoiler with some of those teams.
0: Pirates play the Cubs this week. Um, Brewer. Brewers uh, so I take that back. The Brewers play the Cardinals starting tomorrow.
1: Oh. Okay. Well. There <laughs> oh my you go. gosh.
0: So they they're going to beat up on each other, right? And then the, and you got the Rockies playing the Phillies who are who are officially eliminated. So what what a what a great week! I'm basically, the, basically Phillies,
1: for the Phillies are the kind of team with a take on the personality of their city and love to play spoiler.
0: Yeah, exciting! Really thrilled. <clears throat> what, so, how how are you kind of approaching this from a hobby perspective? Anything that you're doing? I mean, I know you're holding on to some some glabers that you have, and probably going to throw them yeah. up there. What, uh, I, what else I
1: have you? not stopped myself from putting anything up upon acquiring it. What I've done though is put it up for a relatively high uh, bin or best offer and keep it there with anticipation of the playoffs. Mm. Um, and, 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 and for sure not bring it down. I mean with the playoffs, I would even potentially you know pull it off to start a new and raise the price potentially, depending on who it is. I've got a Glyber Auto out of Topps Chrome, um, with a bunch of color of Andahar and Glyber, mm-hmm. um, uh, several different Acuna, but nothing huge. Uh, but, yeah, that's my approach. I'm, I'm not going to withhold it and not put it up waiting for the playoffs, but I'm definitely going to put it up at a decent price. Even though it may be higher than what you know, things are currently going for, knowing that the playoff factors around the corner, right? And I'm willing to be patient. Um, I'm surprised there are some products out there that don't seem to be performing. Maybe it's because of the football factor pulling some attention away from baseball. What is it you think that's not performing? Um, I mean, the fa- I, I, I just mentioned that I have a Gliber Chrome Colorado that, granted, it's up there for
0: maybe a higher
1: price than it's going for, but <laughs>
0: okay. I'm not, I'm, you know, you typically... How dare them not pay your price right now? No. It's, it's the product's fault.
1: That's not even it. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking about the fact that I'm not even really getting many offers. I mean, you know, typically I would still, even with an inflated price... They're, you know, I think people in this hobby are not shy about offering you what they think it's worth, even if it's far, far lower than what you think it's worth. Sure. Um, you know, and I'm guilty of, and it's not something I would even say is a, a matter of guilt. I do the same thing. If I see somebody at something up there for 200 and I think it's worth 50, I, I don't care. I'll ask, I'll, I'll put it out. I'll make an offer for 50. If they say no, they say no. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess what I'm talking about is a bit of surprise that um, I'm, I'm not seeing as much action in terms of even just offers. Um, you know what? It's not related to baseball directly, um, although it is a baseball product, and it stays – it fits within this conversation of, of kind of secondary market performance. Um, I've got two – Sandlot autographs out of archives. (laughs) Both of them are the silver parallels out of 99. I'm pretty surprised to see how low those have dipped. And I wonder to what extent the seemingly enormously long delay between archives coming out in retail and the hobby still not being out there has affected Archives' secondary market prices. I think it's pretty bad for that product this year.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, because Archives is now end of October. Uh, that, that, that's that's dead on arrival. Let's be yeah. honest. And is, is, really, is there even a reason to release it unless Soto is in there? It's, and I don't think he is. I think I just read something on tops.com today
1: yeah. about Soto where they're basically hyping his heritage high Membrado and that's it. And it, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand what happened there and m- maybe we'll understand when it finally does release, but man, I really wish Tox would say something. I, I, and it's not i uh, who am I? I don't, uh, so I'm just curious. I'd mm-hmm. like to know,
0: but at this point you're right. It's D O a totally. I mean, and even on that point with the Heritage High number, I mean, there's less than 15 autos that have sold for Soto out of Heritage High number. And there is, I'm looking at it right now, there's five autos listed. 20 autos? Wow. 20 out of the overprinted Heritage High number, which I love. They didn't put much in there. So I think... (laughs) if wow. if you're if you're looking at something to buy i think maybe his autos are extremely short printed inherent tight number right and 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 the, the hot red that we know is just, we yeah we know there's only 69 of those right. but but maybe maybe the blue inks the regular real one autos maybe there's fewer than we think maybe those are the autos to get
1: <laughs> yeah i mean I, you know i i'm still not connected enough to be as aware as to how different things are done with you know respect to distributors. I guess I'm putting it out there as just something I've kind of always suspected, that when they have a rookie class like this and a product that they know historically has done well with a rookie in Soto that hasn't been in anything else, I've always assumed that they just hoard a whole bunch of cases and when allocations are you know called into question and people are wondering why they can't get more it's not because it's not out there it's because the distributors are holding on to it in order to capitalize when their kind of forced inflation really happens mhm am i totally off base or am i kind of onto something here
0: um I don't want to say you're on to something because I would insinuate that I know something and I agree, but there's some fishy stuff that happens, no doubt. I mean, again, the point, you hype up that Juan Soto is in your product for autos and after everyone's cracked their product, there's 20? Yeah. No, No more than 20? I mean, something's off here.
1: I mean, obviously you're looking at eBay, which is the best source, right? That doesn't account for people that are holding and hoping for maybe a better time to sell or people that are selling through other formats or obviously those people that are holding. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you would expect there to be put into one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of those two scenarios is most likely either that it's that short printed that even the potentially the base auto is lower in number than the red auto. Mm-hmm. Um, or they've printed so much that it's that hard to pull. And there are that many cases still collecting dust in the coffers of the distributors, hoping to, you know, get two or three X out of these cases when, when, they're willing to release what you know they're holding on to.
0: Right. Well, I will say, uh, in in my case break, um th- again, I love Heritage number this year. I was pretty lucky with the real one special edition autos. I hit two two uh Glaber Torres redemption special edition autos and then a Anduhar alive live special edition auto. So to That's their ridiculous. credit. Wait, was, you,
1: yeah. Did you just say you hit three red rookie
0: autos? Um, I actually had five red rookie autos, but the other two are not even worth mentioning.
1: Well, I'm gonna, I want to know who are they? Um, if you, if you remember, okay, that, that's how bad they were. Um, oh, okay. There <laughs> were the truth is there were a lot of rookies at, at put into this product. I mean, and that's typically what happens with high is Basically, any rookie that was called up or traded gets a card. Right. Even if they were called up for a couple games and sent back down, they got on. You know, they got something. There are right. a lot of recent, A lot of names I forgot,
0: or, or even of several that I never heard of. I hit a Matt Olson who's not a rookie. Um, I hit a Freddie Patek. Um, Pirates. A- yeah. I don't even. I, I don't know. I actually hit
1: one of his regular blue autos in a case break. Um I don't know who he is. I saw him he was a pirate and I was happy to get an auto, but I never didn't he play
0: him. for the Royals too? I thought he played for the Royals. when I, when I saw too. him come across, He's I'm fine. like, wait, isn't that the Royals part?
1: Interestingly I looked at his info when I, I actually already received the auto from the from the break that I was in. And I looked at, at the back and I was like, this dude was only five foot six Wow, that's the Jose
0: yeah. Altuve of uh,
1: that generation. Well, he was. He was the leading base dealer for a couple of years in the league. Um and that was what he was known for. Yeah.
0: Five feet Five, wow. Nicknamed the Flea or the Cricket. Wow, that's a great one. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So he played for the Royals for for eight years and played for the Pirates for two. Interestingly that they would make him a pirate auto then, and not a Royals. Yeah. He's in the Royals Hall of Fame.
1: No way. Yeah. Okay. Interesting.
0: But but anyway, uh so we I just mean spent <laughs> five
1: minutes of our quality time talking about five foot five Freddie Potter.
0: Hey. He was a leading bass stiller in the AL in nineteen seventy seven. <laughs> there you go. Oh my gosh. Uh, we got Bowman Chrome coming out this week. Are you going? Are you I mean, I know you're mainly a retail guy, um, and Boma Chrome is I mean, not I'm retail. A retail guy and a break guy. Okay, break, fair, so fair point. Are you going to be breaking? Are you going to be breaking Boma Chrome? Yeah, I'll definitely by the
1: Pirates and at least one case of Hobby and one case of Jumbo, yeah. and that's without even knowing their checklist. I I I have not looked at the checklist to see what the Pirates have. Um, so assuming they have something, even if yeah. it's just one auto subject and a couple of other rookies. Yeah, certainly. Um, and you know, with, with this kind of product and the potential upside, I I tend to look for a decent random or two as well. Um, just basically buy a lottery ticket,
0: you know, totally. I I feel like this is a product with the price it's at uh, group breaks are really the only way at this point to get into this Right, right, unless you're buying eight cases, <laughs> which I'm not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's insane. I mean, it's 1,900 to 2,000 bucks. I'm I'm not a huge fan of the checklist. Um, I mean, you obviously know the rookie autos of the you know, the Otani's. They're just going to be so th- short printed. It's the prospect autos, and and this the checklist was not strong. No way! This is two thousand dollars at the case level in one month. It's going to be fifteen hundred bucks. Since I'm not a guy that buys cases, typically
1: when Bowman Chrome comes out, historic in the past, what's the price of the
0: case when it's close to normal? Uh, when it's close to normal, uh, probably between sixteen and eighteen. But but again, every year it's gone up. It's just a matter of the marketplace. The economy inflation all that stuff factors in so it it, like it's going to keep going up right um and of course this year is just a great year so i mean i I totally get it but there's no way from a case breaking level if you're flipping like ripping and flipping there's no way you can break even on this i mean you absolutely have to hit a big card whereas in heritage there's just so much intrinsic value in the product all the little things that you can nitpick at and like this nickel and dime your way to profit. You can't do that with Bowman Chrome. What, so are there any
1: big names that will be new to the hobby? First time, first Bowman. uh, And, and and the second question is Soto in this one.
0: Uh, Soto is not in this. No, that was the big thing. Soto did not come out in Bowman Chrome. Um, I believe Acuna's in there. Uh, Otani's in there. Um, the, the the big, I mean, uh, Torres is in there. Uh, Devers is in there. Robles is in there, of course. is um, in there. <laughs> no, no, Guerrero won't be in anything until next year. Um, the the big names that'll like the prospect that'll that'll probably go over a hundred bucks will be um, Carter Kaiboom for the Nationals. Um, Floriel. And, and Russell Wilson, they they somehow tossed in Russell Wilson and this. I sort of think it's hilarious. He's in a Yankees uniform, so he's going to carry even more value than his worth. But it's just to me when they do that, it's just a gimmick that because awesome they know. That's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's them admitting it's a crappy product. No thanks, I don't want that.
1: I'm sorry, that's that's almost oh, a gimmick that defies. I don't. Know. I don't even know what to say. I'm a little bit speechless. Putting Russell Wilson in there is joke. Yep. Almost. I'm almost offended to be honest with you. That just changed my mood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but I mean, I literally got a frown on my face. Like, it, what? Why? They've already done that in other products. First of all. Yep. It's not. It's. It would be one thing if it's never been done. I come on. That's silly
0: right, agreed, so they, they, there's nothing else there I mean there's a there's obviously there'll be guys that'll end up being something, so there there'll be value in it, but in it and the checklist is so big, so wow, so
1: yeah, this they, is they, this is definitely a a long long longer term hold Bowman product, like it typically should be anyway, yep, interesting,
0: yep. It's uh, I I believe it's eighty eighty autos. I want to say it's eighty. I probably should have had this. I wasn't expecting the to
1: talk checklist. About it. The checklist is d Deep. You're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't go to check it out before. I I've seen a few listings already, and I almost pulled the trigger. Um, I've definitely noticed that the pirates are relatively inexpensive. I just want to make sure they have something before I even, even if it's less than $20 to get the Pirates in a full case, I want to oh, yeah. spend 20 bucks on the prospect of getting something.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, Absolutely. I think at this point, 20 bucks on a Bowman Chrome break is well worth it uh, because you probably get a couple prospects. And we, uh, I'll have the checklist up tomorrow and just so you know, we can, we can talk about it later. But uh, I think the point here with Bowman Chrome is, I'm staying far, far away. Yeah, and you won't you won't be hearing me talk about any breaks that we're doing because I'm not. So you're literally not opening any of it. No, I got I got nothing, absolutely wow. nothing. Now I I had some stuff that I was gonna get and I got out of it. So pay, pay, I paid the price to get out of it. <laughs> wow, that, that's how unimpressed I was with the checklist. The, the the thing is, like if you if you want if you want an Akuna, you want an Akuna or an Atani, or um, you want any of those bigger like bigger rookie autos, you don't go with Boma Chrome. You go with Heritage High Number. Right, that's the longer term value, and you have a chance with Heritage High Number to get Soto. And I can get, I can get a hobby case of Heritage High Number for less than nine hundred bucks now. Why in the world would I spend money on trying to get a Boma Chrome? Right, like, that's the way I look at it.
1: I mean, it's but, it's such solid logic. There's obviously sense in going after Bowman Chrome if you're so committed to the prospecting game. I definitely don't know that game well enough. <clears throat> I'm, I just pulled up the pirate checklist. It, it's worth it's worth twenty bucks. Mitch <laughs> Keller has a relic. Lolo Sanchez is the Bowman. It, it, the, that's the auto the prospect, and Luis Escobar has an auto relic. Isn't Lolo Sanchez an Olympic track star? Isn't she really cute? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Ask someone else. Yeah, ask someone else. (laughs) That's Lolo
1: Jones. That's right. I got it. It's all good. It's all good.
0: It's getting yeah, late, dude. It is getting ornery, late. ornery it, and punchy. That's right. So that's baseball. Uh, uh, you know what? I think that's a good that's a good opportunity for us to talk about something more exciting, and that is entertainment. Well, y- you've watched a couple good movies. You. I, I uh, actually took. It may have been
1: inappropriate, although my twelve-year-old and I'm not trying to be that parent that pumps his kid up and. Has a, you know, inappropriate perspective. I think my 12 year old is pretty mature though. And he sits down and watches on his own certain things on TV or whatever that, I mean, you would not expect to see a 12 year old watch, like National Geographic type stuff. And, um, yeah, he's an introspective and smart kid. So anyway, I wanted to go see the movie, uh, Black Clans movement. And it was R, and I was definitely concerned. It really wasn't that much content in the end. That was inappropriate, there were definitely some violence, and there was definitely some language um but yeah, I took my twelve year old to see Spike Lee's newest joint called Black Klansman, which was based on a true story Denzel Washington's son
0: mm-hmm. who's
1: also the you know the receiver in that h b o show with the Rock ballers um he's okay. the main character he's the detective policeman who infiltrates the KKK and does so with a uh, another detective who happens to be a Jewish guy. So a black guy and a Jewish guy conspire together, infiltrate the KKK at the time of David Duke in the South. And uh, yeah, pretty cool movie. Um, and, and as Spike Lee has in the past, not with all of his movies, but there's a certain undercurrent of comedy in there as well. Um, you know, amidst a pretty deep and dark topic, if you will. Right. Um, but yeah, good good movie. I enjoyed it. Um, thumbs up, you know. two thumbs up. Then, huh? Yeah, I would say so. Um, okay. And it inspired a lot of conversation after the fact with my son. He had a lot of questions. Nice. So that's always a good thing. Yeah. It um, was. my wife and I started a new show. I mean, I, I'm amazed by Netflix. The amount of content. It blows me away and yeah i've tried a, a a couple here and there that were flops at least for me and i've you know fine just made it through one episode and stopped but this one that we just started i laughed because i really don't even know what i'm watching still but it's called maniac jonah hill <laughs> and emma stone um not emma stone what, Emma, what is one of the Emmas? There's a bunch of Emmas. Emma Watson? I, I In my opinion, the prettiest of the Emmas. <laughs> She's the one that did La La Land with uh, Ryan Gosling? Is that Emma Watson? Uh,
0: is that Emma Watson? I, uh, yeah, I'm pretty bad with the Emma. Emma Stone, you're thinking Emma Stone? Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah Emma Stone, like Emma yeah. Stone.
1: Um. Yeah, her and Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill looking spelt. He's thin and looking pretty fit. But uh, yeah, maniac. And honestly, I think we just watched the third or maybe the fourth episode, and I still don't know what's going on. It's wild, a bit trippy. Um, but it's so well done. the acting is really good.
0: Do you do you like this because of the the premise of it being some sort of pharmaceutical trial? And There's like, no question that 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 storyline. Okay, is interesting
1: to me, obviously, but I have to say that it's so otherworldly in the way that this that the the whole show itself is so tripped out and kind of fantasy based But the fact that one of the primary premises is that it's a pharma study. Kind of gets pretty muddled, pretty quickly. Um, it's not based in reality at all, but that's not a bad thing. You know, it's yeah, like, you know, it's it's just part of what's how the how the artists are putting that out there. It's so trippy, and but but between the good acting and the really good writing, it's just really it's it's compelling. All right, I at I'm least. This is the kind of thing for me. I, I the best example I have historically is that show Lost from several mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, where I'm willing to jump into something where they're kind of taking me on a ride, and I don't really know what the ride is or where it's going, and I'm willing to do it for a while, as long as you know it's artistic and and it's well done. Mm-hmm. There is a certain point at which you'll lose me though. So you'd have to start tying some loose ends and answering some questions at some point. And I just hope they start doing that in this show before I lose it. Um, I felt like in Lost they were a victim of their own success. And this happens a lot in entertainment. A lot of shows come out. They do really well. It was a show that really should have been wrapped up in two, three, four seasons. Let's say, sure. but because it was so enormously popular, they weren't smart enough to stick to that and they yep. dragged it on and dragged it on and ended up jumping the shark and losing their audience and basically just kind of floundering off in the end.
0: It's kind of like a lot of Pinini's releases. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll make sure not to mention that when we
0: have Tracy Ackler on <laughs> Hey, he would probably admit that too. It's a good thing. It's trial and error. Trial and error is a good thing for the marketplace. Good point. That's a good point. Uh, I'll take that alright good what about crisis, you any movies crisis averted
1: sure?
0: yeah man we watched a couple I finally went and saw uh, MI6 or whatever Mission Impossible is Mission Impossible Fallout uh, Surprised I see, I saw that before you I know I loved it man I can see why it got a 97% I thought it was just perfectly executed um big fan yeah Watch it pretty- yeah it's just one of those like grab the popcorn sit back and enjoy it um and we did. Um, <laughs> I got suckered into watching uh, a movie, one of Dwayne Johnson's movies, *Skyscraper*. How was that? Look, I, I I'm not like a Rotten Tomatoes critic. Uh, I don't really critique movies to the level like anybody does. I just like to be entertained. I was thoroughly entertained. I act- I actually kind of enjoyed the movie uh you you have to like approach that movie you know for what it is it, there's there's not going to be a lot of intelligent conversation there's not going to be a lot of uh scenes where you like intellectually you're challenged <laughs> right you're just you're going to watch it to be like truly entertained with the crazy action sequences and they did they really did a good job the rock is the I man
1: actually i actually think it looks decent i i, I like Movies like that, it looked yeah. like a, a modern day version of Die Hard in a certain way.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. There, there was a, um, there was a Korean version of this movie, and I can't remember what it was called. I think it might have been called The Tower. Uh, and I saw the Korean version a couple of years ago. Wildly popular in Asia. Wow. And I, I, you know, we spent time in Asia, and I've, I watched a lot of the Chinese movies that come out, and some Korean movies. Uh, and so we'll watch a lot of subtitled movies. And a lot of the better action movies come out of Asia, anyway. It's based off of that movie, and they all to me they almost do just as good a job, if not better, uh, in making it kind of compelling. So yeah, I'd recommend it. They, I definitely recommend they have it. a higher budget, I imagine, for CGI. And That's true. That, yeah, it's probably better. Yeah, no doubt. But but I think the bigger news is that came out this week in entertainment is that LeBron James is going to star in Space Jam too. I thought that was announced like a decade ago.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even making that up. I really thought I heard that a while back. <laughs> um, that's cool, though. I, yeah. my kids, my kids will love it. My kids love Space Jam. When's that oh, supposed me too. to Actually, happen.
0: When's he? Gonna um, happen? I on. think they're saying. I think they're saying 2020. Uh, after the season ends in 2019, they're going to start filming it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what they do for the Looney Tunes stuff, and if even if Bill Murray comes back, that'd be kind of and, fun.
1: And what other NBA players they're going to pull into that? Yeah, um, I I I think it's cool and fun. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. I, I I apologize. The title of the movie is escaping me, but there was that Bill Hader. Amy Schumer movie that LeBron had a pretty significant presence in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Dude, he was pretty good. Did you like it? I didn't say I liked it. I said LeBron <laughs> was pretty good. Okay. Wow. <laughs> no, no, the no, truth is I liked it. I, I didn't uh, love it. Um, I I think Bill Hader is a genius. I love. I like him a lot. He was my favorite SNL character for a long time. Um, so he'll probably have. My support for a lot of what he does, and I hope he does well. Uh, I didn't love it. Uh, I don't love the rom-com genre. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll put up with it, and once in a while, you'll have a good one. Um, I just thought LeBron did far. I mean, granted, expectations were non-existent, but he did far better than expectations. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty funny. Wow. All right. So you didn't see it then? No, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Bill <laughs> well, Hader and Amy Schumer are both pretty funny. I
0: I do like Hader. I do like Schumer. Uh, I I just I'm not a LeBron fan. Um, but I I that shouldn't stop me. Maybe I should spend the time watching it. But but no, I have not seen it. So. Pretty entertaining. Okay, I'll put that on my list. It's probably near the bottom for right now. Sweet. Bottom of the top hundred. I know this wasn't the
1: direction we were going in here, and I don't mean to turn us back into sports entirely, but I just have to say since LeBron came up, the more I've thought about their roster, the Lakers, Mm. and maybe I'm also buying in a little too much to what I'm hearing from some talking heads and sports pundits, I'm starting to drink that kool-aid and i'm not a lakers fan in fact the lakers are a team that i've tended to dislike but i'm starting to believe they have a pretty good shot at making some headway this year and i I don't know how far they can go but if lebron's on your team sky's the limit right Hmm. really Think back at some of those teams that he's taken to the finals. That first Cleveland team that he took to the finals. Who was on that squad? Nobody. Now, granted, he's not, not in his mid-20s anymore. Actually, back mm-hmm. when he was in his early 20s. But, I mean, he's... I
0: know, I am with you. I think, and this is something I talked about in our the last podcast when you were on it, but with the Prism Ladder, I updated the pricing. You're starting to see a big time influx in flux Lonzo ball prices again. And we already saw with Kuzma, Kuzma's been pretty stable and Josh Hart. I think the marketplace and the hobby is starting to buy into this idea too, that you know what? LeBron James is gonna make everybody better and everybody worth a lot more. So
1: <laughs> I think and
0: I think the initial Reaction
1: that was kind of all right. The Lakers just got LeBron, and they're not going to do much. It's because there was an expectation that it was going to be LeBron, and then in tow would be any combination of Paul George or Kawhi, Russell Westbrook, a number of names that were rumored to just be following LeBron to LA. That. none of which panned out. So I think that letdown had a lot of people thinking, okay, well, you know, we'll look towards L.A. in 2020. I think that might be exactly what the Lakers want you to think right now. Yeah. And they're going to surprise people.
0: You give me LeBron with Kuzma, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hardese, your fifth or sixth, uh, I put that up against a lot of teams in the Western Conference right now. That's By the there's
1: another guy that they signed, who I know is just not very popular because he's always been kind of ornery. He's never gotten along with his coach.
0: But despite
1: that, he's got a ring, and he still, to this day, averages double digits in assists. You know how many point guards average double digit assists every year? You're talking about Rondo. It's a sp- well, yes, I'm talking about Rondo. Absolutely. He's, he's not going to see the floor. You're crazy, dude. Ten
0: minutes a game, maybe 12.
1: <laughs> First of all, in ten minutes a game, he can still give you seven assists, which is crazy. Crazy. But I actually think he's going to see more. And
0: Yeah, he's underrated. I agree with you. He's always gotten the bad end of the deal, I feel like.
1: Well, I think he has brought it upon himself and he's deserved it to a large extent because his attitude is horrible yeah. and he just can't seem to get along with coaches. But despite all of that, he's consistently still averaged such a high number. I mean, if you look, I I, I this, this is a guess, but I'm really confident in it. He has got to be in the top three in total assists over the last decade and – He's probably, you know, on a per game basis, flirting with being, I don't know, top 15, top 20 all time. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And he's still doing it consistently. It's not like he's dropped off. He's consistently continued to do this. So now he's going to have LeBron to pass to? I'm sorry. I mean, he's going to see the floor, and he's going to – he's so unselfish, to a fault, because his shot isn't very good. But, man, double-digit assists. I mean, if you look across the league year year after year, it's usually only five guys total that average double-digit assists. Less, you know, it's not more than five.
0: All right, I hear you. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, it's gonna be a fun team. I, I, hmm. I, I think they're I doubling down. Do think, Lonza, I feel like you've got something to say that you're not spitting out. Yeah, I just, I mean, look, Rajon Rondo's had his opportunities. It's not like he hasn't had guys to pass to in his career. He's played for really good teams, and I think that's actually why. His assist total yeah, has been so high. It's because he's surrounded by players that have actually made him look better than he actually is. So, yeah. yeah so I don't F- think he's going to be as big of a factor. Oh,
1: and that's something we can continue to debate. It's
0: not. LeBron had Kyrie oh. who can dish, but could also score, and it was really hard for them to win the championship. It's not like Rajon Ronda is going to all of a sudden transform and make is going to help LeBron get more shots. Like. <laughs> Okay. I'm not talking about someone's got to give the ball to LeBron. I'm not talking
1: about Rondo just getting LeBron. It's not a two man game, dude. There are a bunch of other guys that are going to benefit from Rondo's passing ability. It's not just about LeBron.
0: You and think LeBron is going to have the ball in his hands? LeBron James, the point guard of that team. <laughs> I mean, so he, he's LeBron- going to he's going to stiff arm Rajon Rondo.
1: I mean, y- you might. Be right in the end. We'll see. Rondo is a proven championship point guard and knows how to please seven years ago. The guy who's breading his butter. Dude, breading his butter. Buttering his bread. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're getting
1: shaken up. You're talking about a guy that's gone from the Celtics championship squad to the abyss of the NBA, basically, and has still put up those numbers. I mean, I'm not talking about him as an all star. I'm talking about him as a guy who doesn't, who, who's an X factor. He's a, he's a Ginobili type of guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow. I'm oh, telling you, I, we we got to wrap this up. Is this is getting. that That is unassuming and underappreciated. And annually, year after year, I'm saying it for the third time. But look at the stats. How many guys average double digits assists? Year after year. Lonzo I mean, Ball.
0: Does... Lonzo, Lonzo Ball is right is Rajon Rondo on steroids.
1: Lonzo Ball is gonna end up being that point guard that has the ball in his hands the least in the league. Oh my not goodness. Good not because he's not a good point guard. If you pay attention to his game. Oh, he's the kind of guy that passes the ball quickly. He doesn't keep the ball in his hands. He's not one of these pound the ball point guards like a la Chris Paul. <laughs> he's the kind of guy that keeps the ball out of his hands. I don't hate I'm not hating on his game at all. I like ball's game. I mean, I think he's still got that horrible, ugly mechanic that may not translate to the NBA efficiently enough that he becomes, you know, less than I don't know. Uh, he he may not be the three dimensional player he needs to be to fulfill the name that he came into the league with, but that remains to be seen. I'm not. I mean, the jury's still out on that. I'm not judging that yet. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, but I think Rondo going to see the floor a lot more than you think. All right. Well, I, I that'll it's be, gonna fun. be really good for the Lakers. It'll be really good for the Lakers for him to see the floor. More than you're you're thinking, and he's going to be a factor. Um, this dude's a solid player that's been underappreciated for a long time.
0: I don't I don't disagree with that. So I I think we can take solace in the fact that we agree on he's underappreciated, and we can wrap this conversation up. <laughs> Man, have a good week. You too, dude. Well, Ty, we got a lot we got a lot of interviews scheduled for the last few uh, next few days. Oh, so I'm excited yeah. to. You got to hit
1: me up with that schedule then.
0: (laughs) I do. I do. Yes, that's right. Cool, man. Take care. Bye.